Welcome Would you like well. to sing now? Um, I could. And I know the song that I really want to sing, but that's a private song. Okay. <laughs> oh, now, now he's trying to make up for it. Voice of an angel on my ass. Welcome to episode one of season five. Let, let's just sit with that idea of having done five seasons of this. Five seasons of at least us two turning up on a weekly basis. <laughs> That's commitment right there. We, we will try not to waste your time by just wittering Sorry. on complete randomness. The The title of today's show or the, the, the sort of focus was how do you set positive intentions around money? And it's the beginning of the year and it's all about resolutions and goals and being a new you and blah, 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 blah. Um, and so, so part of it. <laughs> yeah, really I think that's really getting into the spirit of January, isn't it? Blah, 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 blah. We know okay. by, by mid-January, <laughs> by next week, maybe 1st of February, you'll be like, oh, okay, I can't. That does it. slightly undermine the theme for this show, doesn't it? <laughs> No, but that's this is why we're going to drop the knowledge bombs to help you just really set those positive intentions that last the whole of the year. And that's why, well, that's why I was talking about... <laughs> Big <laughs> ask. <laughs> that's why I was thinking about intentions because it's something that's it's been quite... It's been on my radar a lot within our community and with various people in our community who, who think, talk where they talk about themes, intentions, essentially less about specific goals, and, and more about maybe an energy that you want to bring to something. Basically, creating more possibility to see how you can actually um, move forward uh, with whatever goals you, I mean, whatever projects you have, whether it's a business project or, and in this case, around money and around pricing. And so uh, I think the contrast I wanted to explore, well, in my head, there's one uh, angle where I know I've been told um, Alan Wick. Uh, good friend of ours, uh, coach. You know, he he's been really insistence the wrong word, but he's he's really stressed the 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 usefulness of having a target, a goal. You know, how much how much do you want to earn in this year? You know, and and I remember him just saying, "It's like you know, what what is that figure?" And I'm just like, I have no clue. I have no idea. You know, I don't have no way of working because like. I could reach high and say, yes, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, amazing. But that doesn't mean anything to me. Or I could say, oh, I'll just cover the basis, make sure I can keep a roof over our heads and pay the mortgage and food and blah, blah, blah. But that's not particularly inspiring. Um, and so the, you know, on the course, the happy pricing course, which we have to plug every single bloody episode now, because <laughs> otherwise, why are we doing this in the first place? We know that, um, we can teach all the theory and tactics and strategies and read all the books. But when when the sort of pedal hits the metal, the rubber hits the road, blah, 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 when it really comes up to it and you're standing in front of someone and you have no idea how much to charge them and then you have to work out how to have this conversation, then you're going to be like, well, how much do you think? Which is not <laughs> particularly helpful. And I think there's something there around not knowing what you need or what you want. And that's where, you know, what this, the question that you pose on the course, what 
will more money buy you? I think is a is linked to this idea. And I, I was trying to how you link it to intentions that then can lead to tangible ideas of what it is that you want from more money. You kind of asked me before we started recording whether I had some sort of thoughts, <laughs> how I was feeling about today's uh, episode and whether I had some thoughts. Uh, and uh, what I didn't say at the time was I didn't really have any specific thoughts. I think I made more positive noises than that. But certainly one of the thoughts that I had, I know we titled this uh, episode uh, How to Set Positive Intentions Around Money. And actually, I think a lot of what you were sort of sharing there about, you know, whether it's better to kind of focus on themes, whether it's better to focus on sort of specifics, there's obviously a, a huge amount of kind of sort of debate and conversation and sort of uh, different points of view around that. And I guess one of the things which I've been thinking about before is is why it's important to uh, set positive intentions around around money. And as you say, it does definitely link to the kind of element on the course, this kind of idea of kind of more money manifesto and, and what you were sort of talking about. Because I think actually changing our sort of relationship to money, changing how we price, changing the conversations that we have with clients is actually really hard. And so, you know, it, it, you know, maybe we've got to the place where we're having a conversation with a client and we kind of duck out of it at that point, like you're sort of talking about. But more often than not, actually, we kind of disengage with it way back down the track. We don't even get that far. Um, it's not like we've got all the way up to the point of the conversation and then we sort of swerve the money bit, although that happens too. I say, you know, a lot of the time, actually, it's just be, we, we kind of, we, we avoid the, we avoid the money way, way up the track. Um, and because it's kind of complicated and it's kind of filled with all of that kind of emotional baggage, which we, which we bring to it. And we're kind of worried about what other people might say. We're worried about what other people might think. We're worried about what is, you know, what we're worth and what's valuable. And we're worried about asking for too much and all of these sorts of things, which kind of sort of flood in and mean that we don't actually ever really get to the place of really kind of working on this because changing your pricing and changing all of these things is a practice like we're sort of talking about you know a kind of li- it's a little and often thing there's no kind of magic wand it is a it's a kind of little and often practice uh, and so i guess the the kind of question you know why set positive intentions around money is that it does give you a different orientation it does give you a new direction of travel and the thing that we're talking about on you talk about on, on the course this kind of idea of kind of more money more, more money manifesto is this kind of it's just kind of reconnecting with the things that you know because money in and of itself is a kind of really terrible in kind of in my view kind of ter- a kind of weak motivator uh, and it's kind of interesting, like uh, you know, referencing what Alan was saying, because I guess the, the kind of the importance of target. I kind of clearly understood target is useful for how our brains work, but money in and of itself, you know, it, actually it doesn't have it can pull you so far, but actually it's kind of pulled beyond that is is kind of, is pretty weak. You know, we're motivated by other things. We're motivated by people we might want to spend time with. We're motivated by places we might want to go or things we might want to do or things we might want to kind of share with other people or things that we might want to make kind of possible or things we might want to do with children or without children if you have children in and around your life or things, you know, where you where you live or the place that you live. These are all things which actually we kind of care about. And so it's kind of it's the it's the kind of what we do with who we do it are the things that really kind of motivate us. And in that sense, kind of money is a facilitator. Money is a thing which can make those things possible. Money can, of course, 
sort of change the environment that you live in. Money can, of course, mean that you can go to places that you want to go to. Money, of course, you know, it can mean all of these things, but it's a kind of, it's a facilitator. It's not an end in itself. Uh, and so I think one of the things which I've always kind of found kind of both a, a kind of helpful orientation and motivation is be clear on those things. Be clear on all of the other things that I want to, you know, I would ideally like to happen in my life, the things that I kind of really want. And then kind of understand that money is a facilitator that, but be be focused on those things. Be motivated by those things because they're the things that really kind of pull you forward. And then from those things, you might start to get an idea to what you were saying and kind of to Alan's question. You might start to get an idea about the amounts of money that you might need to make all of those things happen. And so then you get the kind of benefit of a kind of fixed target within that too. I'm I'm glad you kind of of tackled the why. Uh, I think it's important to kind of set the scene around the meaning of even talking about how you set positive intentions, um, why the importance of it. Um, and Francis nicely, clearly stated what more money could mean for her, you know, childcare, facials, better internet, money for posh retreats, professional accountability space. And what I'd like to take that further with as well is like, you know, even that for me, like sometimes identifying what, what are the things I want? You know, you talked about, okay, with Alan, all right, what's the figure? And then the figure kind of, that is essentially a manifestation of all the things you want. If you had to, those things that you want and you added up the numbers to to get those things. Okay, that's the figure, that's the target. And the target is useful as a benchmark, as something that helps you define progress. And and the just brief tangent, the flip side, and I think when you're talking about money as just getting money for its own sake is not a great motivator. I think sometimes that, very clear number that clear target it's sometimes this origin isn't necessarily from what you want it's what you should you think you should be at because of other people having certain salaries certain amounts of money in their bank or this idea of how much is a good amount of money to have and how that can be a danger because you're now motivated by something that isn't yours. You're motivated mm. by something else else, and that could be draining. And so thinking about these things that we want, which is great, which again, I found difficult because mm. I wasn't sure why did I want those things? What is it about those things that are important to me? And this is where the how bit for me starts to fit in because it's, and this, this I think is linking to a lot of the stuff that we do in the happy startup school. And I think one of the core things that we talk about is what are the needs beneath the wants you know Mm. these things that we articulate that we want are strategies to address a need and you know i see again picking on francis just because she offered (laughs) sorry francis (laughs) (laughs) somebody else puts a comment down then we can pick on them instead but now, for instance, I don't know, professional accountability spaces, that's maybe a need for growth, a need for connection, a need for expansion, a need for, you know, agency. And I think tying those things to those needs and understanding why those needs exist, that for me starts to feel like a bit more of a stronger motivation. Because also, you know, those all of these things are just, they could be interchangeable strategies but they're always trying to feed 
a same thing. And 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 uh, just to maybe just be more clear about why am I talking about needs is like that whole thing of if you have a need and it's met, then you get a beneficial feeling or a a pleasant feeling as opposed to when that need isn't met or there's a need that you don't even know exists that isn't being met and how that feels and that yeah. unpleasant feeling and that that whole thing of like being in a business and I thought, oh, overwhelm and not knowing where where things are going and just feeling uncertain it's like maybe that's a signal for me the the business is not meeting the needs for you within the you know your own human needs and, and so, fortunately for Francis, Mark Mark has added some comments there where he's talking about um, quest is here for margin, uh, money for me means place to breathe and play. Which again, then to which you know, like we were saying there, Carlos, about the kind of underlying needs, because in a sense that maybe is talking to an underlying need for uh, kind of feeling for security and feeling for safety. Uh, and when you kind of have those kind of feelings based, actually, we are more playful. We are more creative. All of those things, which of course, we are innately playful. We are innately creative and innately imaginative. But actually, the kind of conditions of our life kind of sort of rain down on those things a little bit, actually. And so to create the conditions where those things can flourish, you know, there is a need to feel safe. There is a need to feel secure. And when we feel safe and secure, we're more able to kind of sort of tap into some of those more, more, more playful aspects. Uh, and the, the thing that I was kind of reminded of, which isn't sort of specifically about the, the kind of money thing, but is maybe a bit more generally about the goals thing, but it's kind of like what you're saying there, it's a very good kind of reminder about kind of connecting to the needs. Because if I think back to kind of all of the goals that I've written over over the years, you know, whether they were things for the coming year, whether they were things for kind of sort of series of years. If, and then if I look back on those or reflect back on those, the, the things which actually came to pass were the things which actually I did really feel viscerally, that I felt emotionally. And so I've always had in my, in my thing, you know, a financial thing or whatever, but actually it's the things which I felt really emotionally are the things which actually came to pass. Uh, and so then it's kind of difficult to know the, the kind of value of the kind of specific money target, I guess, in and of itself, uh, versus the thing around the, the kind of that underlying emotional driver and knowing those things and kind of orientating more to those things. And this is the interesting bit, I think, around the way we're trying to tackle this is that my impression for most people, feelings and finances aren't a good mix, you know, mm. passion and, and trying to work out profits, you know, they're, they're incongruent because one needs to be logical and structured and sustainable. And the other is like potentially a roller coaster of emotions and, and something illogical. And if you are more on that kind of, all right, I'm going to just think purely rationally, I'm going to, go for just that hyper growth and this this need to create a structure maybe this isn't a place for you (laughs) because i think the kinds of people that we want to talk to and particularly in our community and the the they are thinking about the experience of this all not the okay what's the end goal what am i going to create but as i do the work as i build the business as i fall and stumble and achieve amazing things how does it actually feel how present am i with that actual experience and if you're not conscious about what needs you're trying to meet then there's a good chance that experience is not going to be pleasant because the feelings aren't going to be pleasant because the needs aren't being met and so if we're not feeling energized and 
full of vitality, then like you said, we're not going to be playful. We're not going to be creative. And I don't think you're going to have the persistence and authentic sort of um, appear, sort of turn up authentically to then talk about crunchy topics like how much are you going to pay me? <laughs> because you're not in that space of confidence. Um, so in a, in a kind of very bad uh, conversational skills kind of way, I was sort of stuck on something <laughs> that you said about three minutes ago, totally just sort of distracted because not that we need some sort of diversionary um, sort of podcast love child, but if Waking Up to Money had a love child, it should be called Feelings and Finance. Which was what you just you sort of dropped in. So I didn't actually listen to anything you said after that because I was <laughs> totally distracted by by that. Um, there we go. So there we that's go. Be, uh, that's that's the that's the blog post that will turn into the book. That will actually probably with the chapter in the the big book by Ben about Buddha in the boardroom. Um, there you go. Feelings and finance. <laughs> Feelings of or not listening. Not or not listening. Oh yes. Intentionally being one with your own thoughts there's, there's some there's a lesson there about grasping holding there on is. to something there is and don't let go don't let go like he's messing with my head and asking how do you feel about not being listened to carlos okay you know i'll just a little slight interlude i'm feeling slightly discouraged uh embarrassed maybe a little frustrated and hurt because um my need for support, <laughs> cooperation, understanding, uh, inspiration, and not being met. So there you go, Becky. I've uh, tried to articulate that the <laughs> best way I can. And yes, Becky is just master mediator. If you if you want to really work with challenging feelings and work invite with invite Becky well. into your life. Yeah, invite Becky into your life. Uh, professional and personal level i i, I encourage you yeah you, you totally lost me now on my kind of thought no what i was going on uh what i was going on about was yes i think the tactics and the strategies the you know whether the cash flow forecasts and the sort of spreadsheets kind of like helping you map out all the financial needs having that structure i think is super useful and i i think it's really great but i i think what i wanted to communicate with this is that it's all in vain if you have no sense of meaning around them if the if the money is not giving you any meaningful pull to making it happen you know those those numbers then it's pointless and i think also in terms of the whole business thing like thinking of it as a kind of a cold-hearted business person who's just thinking purely about how can I maximize profit here, I think there are maybe some people who get the kicks out of that. But personally, and I, I believe a lot of people listening here, there's something else they're looking for. And there's that kind of excitement, that joy, that feeling of aliveness that that needs to be tapped into. And so it's how do you come, how do you, how do they mutually support each other? Mm. You know, how can we work well with the very boring spreadsheets because they actually tell a story that is meaningful to us? 
I remember when I was running my last company, we were having a session. We we brought a sort of uh, sort of a chairperson in, and uh, we were having a conversation. We were doing a workshop with the directors and the, this new chairman, and uh, we were having this sort of conversation around the kind of purpose of the company, what a purpose of a company is, and um, this is kind of true if you have if you're part of a company, but it's also true actually if you are a kind of freelancer because even if you're a freelancer, effectively you are still a company. Whatever your legal status is, you are you are a company. You still need to do all the same things that a company needs to do. You just need to do it on your own, so it's just much harder. But one of the this conversation we were having, and the uh, when the, the we were talking about what the purpose of the the company was, or the purpose of a company, and um, the when it came to the chairman, he said the purpose of the company was to generate a profit, which in a like a purely legal sense. That is what the purpose of a company is. But, you know, it has to generate a return for, for shareholders. But, you know, even if you are kind of motivated by profit, if that is your kind of primary motivation, actually, the way to get profit, I might argue, is not by focusing on the profit because profit is a secondary thing. It's a consequence. It's a thing that happens when you offer something useful to people who need it. Um, it's the you know it's the thing that happens as a kind of consequence of that. So actually, even if your motivation is profit, if your motivation is more margin, it is more money, whatever it might be. Actually, there is a risk in just making that too front and center because you lose sight of the fact that it's a consequence. You know, you will only get to that if you have a good sort of positive symbiotic connection and relationship with the people who you will serve. Uh, and so, you know, that's the thing that you need to kind of be focused on. And the more kind of front and center the money bit is in your mind, actually, that will kind of frame and cloud to an extent the conversations and the dialogue that you have with your clients and your customers. Because if you see that person just as a means to kind of extracting a return, you're going to go into that dialogue with a quite particular frame of mind, a quite particular lens. And that lens isn't really thinking about who they are and what they want. That lens is thinking about what you might get. And so your your ability to do good work, to provide good service, to be valuable, to be useful, which are actually the levers to profit, is just is kind of is is hampered from the outset. It's supremely important. And um so many thoughts in my head. But I uh, uh, we have someone who would like to just join us briefly and share their thoughts given our wittering. Um, <laughs> but in, in, the, in the interesting way of not following a whole sort of stream of chat, all I can see is Frances is in her pyjamas. Francis. Good morning. Sorry about the um, attire. I've just put on like a makeshift clothing that isn't pyjamas. <laughs> Hi. Uh, we are all appearing authentically and and as ourselves. Um, before we... we your thoughts and feelings please uh quick intros just to let people know who you are because um yeah i'm becky takuna my business is called courage lab so i help leaders and teams to be more courageous in their conversations and their relationships and their leadership so i mediate when there's conflict but more and more i'm shifting towards kind of i suppose more ongoing work with clients like doing a lot of work and helping leaders to become more courageous through coaching training facilitation and doing more kind of culture stuff, I guess, like helping create cultures where conflict is normal and it's healthy rather than avoided or toxic. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you. Francis. My name is Francis Halasji. I'm a co-founder of Better Bolder Braver, which is a community for coaches. 
uh, centered on marketing and putting yourself out there. But uh, it's different because we very much care about how people feel about putting themselves out there and also about creating a sustainable business based on being true to what your values are and building around you something that's going to serve you in the long term. I felt like, Francis, you, you, you wanted to share something around the feelings and, and, and needs around this idea of money and pricing. Yeah, I feel a, a real sense of urgency. And I've done your course. It's great. Everyone should sign up. Um, <laughs> but particularly after three weeks of having children uh, intensely around me, who I love very much, you know, I, I'm acutely aware of how important it is to create space for myself. So the urgency that I feel, I want to be able to help others identify, even in moments where it's not so raw, so that they can continually focus back on why on earth they need to make sure that their business is sustainable. They need to make sure that all that they're doing is focused on what is good for them. And money is another vehicle with which we can focus our energy and time um, so that all that we're doing is nourishing for ourselves and showing up as best as possible for others. So I love it as, a, as a, another language and currency for clarity. Well, I, I really love all of that. I, I um, did the course as well, your course, and loved it too. And for me, it, it's all about the, the feeling stuff. You know, when some people kind of... Because I think I've always had, it's always been my biggest challenge is pricing um, and pricing confidently and pricing kind of my value and all of that stuff. And that's, and so I've kind of, I'm, I'm constantly kind of in some ways working on it and aware of it and mindful of it. And it's getting easier, but it's always that it's ever present, I think. And I, for me, it's all about feelings. You know, you sometimes get people that just say, just double your prices, just try that. It, it, that would never work for me to just do that. Or or it's such, you know, for some people they could just do that. But for me, there's so much psychology behind it that there's so many things that are going through my mind around uh, how is the client perceiving me? Will Is that greedy? Uh, are they thinking of me as greedy, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, there's so much, um, it's a minefield. So I think it's complex. And I think combined, yeah, the feelings and the finance, I think it's a great phrase and it's it's really important. I think for me also it's about the story, as I mentioned in my comments. So I think it's um, <clears throat> the ability to kind of confidently articulate to the people that you want want to work with in a really tr sort of transparent way that you've come to a decision about your pricing with clarity and conviction on what you want to do to serve others and that what you want to do is foster in them equally the confidence to do their own work. And I think if you can tell the story of your own experience, then they can trust you, know exactly why it is you've come to where you've come to and understand it in that message how you can help them. So the, the, the more confident you are, the, the kind of meta message and, and the kind of energy that you can, that you kind of, <clears throat> you're packaging up is something that then will leave your, your client feeling a lot more confident about what they're going to get out of working with you. And if mm -hmm. you dilly-dally around pricing, it says, I'm not very confident. I don't quite know what I'm doing. And, you know, that's not going to leave anyone feeling particularly confident about what the outcome of working with you is. I think it, um, a few little pennies are just dropping for me, I guess, because, you know, my work, a lot of it's, I think that it's interesting. I'm realising kind of some of the alignment, I suppose, in terms of a lot of my work is about curiosity, courage, etc. 
So getting under the surface, I guess, helping people to get under the surface if there's something they're struggling with or a conflict they're avoiding or whatever it might be, or a relationship that's tricky or difficult feeling they're experiencing. And I guess I'm just thinking about that with money that, that maybe the power of, um, and it's something I might start doing more, the power of just being curious. So when I'm spending too long working, when I'm going over the, you know, the stuff you've talked about before, Ben, a lot about, I um, can't remember the phrase you used, where you keep negotiating with yourself. with yourself, that's it. Yeah, I do that a lot. So I, it's easy. I love writing proposals and bids and tenders and that bit, but it's quite easy, all of the general selling bit. And then I get to the price bit and I that's the bit that takes ages and I keep going back to it and I keep checking it and et cetera, et cetera, and, and negotiating up or down or whatever. But maybe it's just something about that, the curiosity and that moment, noticing that it's happening, noticing I'm doing it in the moment if I can, and then just being curious, like asking myself why, what, why am I doing this here? What am I feeling? What, what's the need underneath it? And then the courage piece, I guess there's something about just being maybe try experimenting where it's not too for me in a way where it's not too risky you know if there's already trust with the client then or the potential client then you know being bold enough to try and then you know start a negotiation rather than uh Mm. yeah because they can come back you know you're unlikely to lose them forever if you go too high Um, thank you very much becky thank you francis really appreciate you joining us and, and sharing your thoughts um have a great rest of the day Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. I mean, there's obviously so much in what um, Francis and Becky were uh, were sharing in there. I, one of the things, that, uh, sort of, like Becky was talking about. I think you know, one of the things that kind of gets in the way of our pricing is we kind of sort of try and do it in a way which isn't sort of kind of natural to us. And like, you know, like Becky was kind of uh, articulating there, and it's true actually for everybody who would be in in kind of Francis's community as well. You know, people who are coaches, people whose work is about courage, people whose work is about curiosity, you know, actually bringing the attributes, bringing your own attributes to the process. Uh, And I think one other thing, just because to what Becky was saying, this thing around, you know, when we are trying to negotiate with something, it's not something we're doing to the other person. So, you know, keep it light, keep it open, keep it conversational. Uh, and so it's never like we're just sort of throwing something over the fence and see how they respond. Explore things in dialogue, explore things in in conversation. Uh, but that's more of the kind of just responding to specific things that that kind of Becky uh, came up with. I guess my only part I thought, really appreciate Francis and Becky uh, joining us. That kind of adds a whole new dimension to the conversation. And so sort of really appreciate that. And um, the your your point around thinking around the kind of feelings, understanding those, because actually that is the source material for really good intentions. And that also can point to, you know, what role, you know, money as a kind of facilitate everything that that Francis was was talking about too. So uh, that's not a concluding thought. That was just about 4,500 words that were somehow <laughs> loosely connected. And I'll leave you with that. <laughs> nice. No, that's great. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, and what I'll do is I'll pop a link to a little kind of graphic that we've created around feelings and needs. And the idea is the principle is just to give you a vocabulary to work with that I've learned from a completely different space, uh, nonviolent communication, but I found it really useful in this space of money and business. Yeah, I, I, it was a little bit of chaos. I was like, <gasps> other people on the call talking too long. <laughs> And I need to be somewhere. Uh, but no, I think and it, that was us. <laughs> that was us. And that, no, that is it, it was super valuable. I really appreciate it. And it's, it's, it's always helpful. And I, it also feels, it feels connecting 
And that's one of the things I, I, I like about this is to know that we're not alone here talking. And you you are, those of you listening, whether it's live or well, the recording, you're not alone wanting to do this stuff, but not sure how and not uh, feeling a bit alienated by the way most people talk about money. So hopefully we can find a different language for it. A love language for money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, I think everybody's unsubscribed. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to think, is there a money equivalent to the walrus of love? Um, <laughs> Don't think. Stop thinking. Stop thinking. All right, stop. All right. Ideas. Stop. Okay. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you very much. Cheers, Ben. Until Cheers. next week. We are going to be talking about, just to let you know, who are you helping? And what is that important mm. about pricing? Anyway, that cliffhanger. Dun, 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 dun. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>